Welcome to the Serial Killers and Chill Halloween Extravaganza episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're going to hear some munchy, munchy noises in the background. It's going to sound a little wet like somebody fisting a jar of mayonnaise. That would be Bambi consuming his dinner. <laughs> because somebody just got off of work as per usual. Yeah, well... I was, as per usual, more excited about getting this done for everybody because I love you. <laughs> and I don't. So, for quick starters, I got a quick special announcement. Our Facebook page has officially reached 51 followers. So, if you're one of those beloved bastards listening tonight, Thank you for your ongoing support. You kick so much ass. Um, do you want to tell them what we have as a, a, a little specialty for our, our Halloween stuff for the Deadites? <clears throat> the, the Halloween for the, the, the episode that we're about to do? Yes. As I take a big old bite full of uh, <laughs> my sub. Um, now see, yeah. you guys can't see this. I can see this because I'm on video with him. He is like, he's like chipmunk cheeking this. <laughs> and it is absolutely precious. <laughs> so I'm just stupid. I like, I don't eat all day. I don't. So when I come home for dinner, like that's, that's my food. Um, yeah. So there's not really a serial killer that's out there. That's like, that's like, I'm going to strike every Halloween. Cause that would be kind of fucking weird and. Uh, well, I mean, it'd probably be a really good idea for somebody out there, but nobody really does. You know, no, no, no serial killers have really murdered anybody on Halloween. So what we did was we found uh, ten ridiculous stories, whether it be ridiculously sad, ridiculously stupid, or you know, just like over the top. Wow, this is wow. You know, this is a bad story, and we ended up coming up with. We ended up with coming up with 10 different stories that we wanted to tell. So here we are with 10 of our stories told by uh, me and Tara. She's going to take five. I'm going to take another five. Oh, but what's the fun connection about all of these murders? I think your audience knows this. Did you specify that they all happened on Halloween? Ah, they all happened on Halloween, you guys. It's why it's a Halloween special. I love you guys that much more. I love you guys that much more. I, I guess I don't. Fucking, <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> He's such a spiteful, nasty little creature, isn't he? <laughs> a little bit. So would you like to take the first one, or would you like me to? One second. I mean, you're welcome to sit over there making your uh, fist in a mayo jar noise. Well, I mean, I can continue to do that, or, you know, I could make sure one of my friends is A-OK, who is texting me right now. This is that veteran friend of mine that I was telling you about. Ah, uh, um, yes. Sorry, yeah. I have I have the veteran obligations that I must attend to. I really, really do love my buddy, but you know, you know how things are. So yeah, why don't we, uh, I'll, hell yeah, I'll take fucking, I'll, I'll take first stab at it. Because this, this is actually a really ridiculous story, and that was not pun intended. How about this? I'll take a scrambled splash at it. I'll take the first stab. Bambi, you made a funny. I did make a funny. All right. So egging, egging cars or egging houses in New York has actually caused some serious violence in people's lives. What if I actually told you that according to the New York Times since 1984... This article was written October 26th of 2010 that there have been 24 incidences that have seriously injured or killed someone since 1984 because of eggings. Egg okay. All right, now you got me. Now now I want to know because uh I'm I'm very guilty of having egged and TP'd quite a few houses in my day. Yeah, so there's a, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Carl Jackson. He was actually returning from a party on Halloween in 1998. Um, he rarely went to parties just because he was like an analytics dude. He, he basically was the kind of guy who didn't really go to parties, but he ended up going to a party in 1998. Car got egged. 
he exited his vehicle to have words with the group of boys that had egged his car. When he sat back down in the passenger seat, one of the kids drew a gun, shot him point blank in the head. Oh, God damn. Okay, yep, look, we were up. assholes, but we weren't those kinds of assholes. <laughs> yeah, uh, all because they egged his car, he decided to have a conversation with him about it, and it was wrong. In all 24 cases, uh, uh, 24 instances of egging cars that have turned violent, literally everything played out like Carl's scene. Um, you know, th- in the article, it was actually specifically written boys that would egg someone, whether it be a vehicle, a house, a person, like, you know, like, th- like they would do the egging. The person would be like, hey, you can't do that. And then blap, you know, they would be stabbed, shot, beat or, quote, accidents would happen. Damn. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and I always thought my my road rage, and I do, I have some nasty road rage. Um, I know I've told you quite a few tales. I just told you one not long ago. Um, I, I know my road rage can cause some uh, gur and concern amongst people who know me, and I've been told several times that I, I really should not let it get the best of me because you never know who has a gun. That, yeah, your 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 egging tail definitely uh, eggs that on. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's is that's just dumb. If you do something wrong to somebody, and then they have a conversation with you, and then your your response is to blow their brains out, like bro, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> All right. So does that make it my turn now? Or you got more uh, on yours? Yeah. All right. No, that was it. It was just a small little snippet. All right. All right. So the one I've got is a teenager killed and cut into three pieces. Um, Halloween of 1981, the year of my birth, uh, a 17-year-old girl told her father she was going to go out and would return around midnight. Patrolman saw her walking, asked if she wanted a ride. She said no. He said, I'll be back around in about 10 minutes. When he came back, she was gone without a sight. Um, It'd be a year and a half before they actually found her. In 1983, a body was spotted in some bushes at Burger King. After working a tip, the police arrived at the home of a Richard Bingwald. His wife, and I I know I'm going to say this first name wrong, Darian... It's Gerald. It's not spelt Darian, by the way. Um, Both had a long history of violence and crime, and the police nabbed Fitzgerald first. Uh, He quickly pointed the police to more bodies before leading them to the home of Bingwald's mother. In the backyard, authorities dug up this girl's body, which had been cut into three pieces, and the body of another 17-year-old girl who had been missing. Ooh, looks like he had it his way. Oh, oh, it, it... they were, uh, what was it? They labeled them the Jersey Shore Thrill Killer. Um, when when Bingwald was found, he was found guilty of two murders and confessed to the killing of, you know, the girls that were found in his mother's yard. I mean, how bad's it got to be when you got to go hide shit in your mom's yard? I mean, it's one thing to raid her fridge, but goddamn. You ever heard the ICP song? If I was a serial killer? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yes, I and have all my special projects behind my grandmother's in my grandmother's back. You know, garden, I just I just whatever. listened to uh, Dead Body Man earlier. Um, <laughs> when I looked this guy up, he had a little history to him. Uh, at the age of five, he set fire to their home and got sent to a psychiatric center. By the age of eight, he was drinking and gambling, and at nine, he underwent electroshock therapy. And when he was 11, he set himself on fire in his mother's home. So on top of all that, so just, he's a firebug. So he's basically a party boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he died of natural causes in 2008 while still in prison. That, uh, that, okay. Yeah, that's not, that's not very surprising. No, no, and and it's like you were saying, you get these people who go to prison and they all, like, die comfortably. (laughs) That pisses Mm -hmm. me off. The more I think about it, the more that pisses me off. I don't want you to die comfortably. 
I, I want you to yeah. I want you to hurt and suffer. All right, what you <laughs> got, Bam? Your perfect timing. Like as soon as I take a bite, <laughs> as soon as I take a bite, you're like, "Hey, go ahead and talk." Yeah, let me just <laughs> two seconds. God. All right, so imagine you're eight years old, been out trick or treating with your dad and your little sister. Stop by a house where the lights are blacked out. You knock anyways, and of course no one answers. You head off to your next house, but dad legs behind and then appears with those big-ass pixie sticks that you like, you know, from the house that didn't have anyone home. Doesn't matter, you got big 21-inch, 20, you got the, the big 21-inch pixie sticks, you know? Those big, Sugar! Well, you remember those big ones where they're, like, actually made out of straw and shit and they, like, had to be yes. stapled fucking shut? Yes! Yeah. Oh, my God. So, that was like a sugar-induced coma. Fucking suck one of those down and you're good to go for a couple Woo! hours. <laughs> so you get home. Dad's like, yo, dog, you want some candy? And you're like, fuck yeah, Dad. I want some candy. So he opens one of the pixie sticks for you. One hour later, you're dead. Your dad had poisoned you with cyanide, and the only way that he was caught was because the guy who wasn't home actually had an alibi who was working. You had ingested enough cyanide to kill two adults. It was even so clear that when the, when the, um, I think it was when one of the, it didn't really make sense how they said it, so what I'm assuming they meant by it was that even as the, the detectives asked the, uh, asked the medical examiner, what they could smell on the scent of the boy's breath, the medical examiner knew immediately right away that it was cyanide. Now, yeah, he's like, he, he smelled, he smelled it, it was like, it's almonds. Almonds. Yep. Cyanide almonds. smells like almonds? Because that was my question, was, well, what does cyanide smell like? Almonds. All yep. right, cyanide smells like almonds. The, uh... They, they kind of, it was a very roundabout way that they found everything, but basically the dad's, the boy's dad had uh, poisoned a bunch of other pixie sticks, and the only reason why a couple other of the kids didn't die is just simply because the kids couldn't open the pixie sticks. So now, this, this is the one that's responsible for that urban legend about, you know, razor blades and the candy and shit like that, right? I think it was just like shits in your candy. Okay. I don't think it was razor okay. blade. I don't think it was razor blades, but yeah, like <coughs> it probably perpetuated the the myth a little bit. Yeah, because I I remember, you know, and and everybody hears those urban legends, and I remember hearing them as a kid too. You know, having to take your candy to be X-rayed and all that jazz. I yeah, when when I was little, Halloween wasn't exactly the. Uh, the safest of holidays to be, you know, going out. But um, that actually is a nice opening to go into my story about nine-year-old Lisa French from Wisconsin, 1973. She uh, she went out trick-or-treating on her own. Nine years old. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry. I would not let my nine-year-old go trick-or-treating on her own. So this is a clear indication of the difference of times that we live in. Well, uh, Miss French rang the doorbell of a neighbor, Gerald Turner. She took her into the, or he took her into the house and shut the door behind him. Turner forced her into the bedroom and committed just vile, disgusting acts. Afterwards, he strangled, killed her. Packed her her body into a plastic like uh, into plastic garbage bags and left them alongside a county road next to a farm. Um, the only way that they managed to catch Turner is that his hair was found inside the plastic bag with her body, and he did eventually confess to the murder. Gave him the judge gave him a thirty eight point five year sentence with the possibility of parole. He was paroled in 1992, which prompted Wisconsin state lawmakers to pass the sexual predator law. This allows the state to keep some people convicted of sex crimes in custody if they are deemed to be potentially violent. Um, In 1998, Turner violated his parole 
when hardcore pornographic images were found on his computer. He was found guilty and sentenced to an additional 15 years in prison. Way to fucking drop the ball, Wisconsin. He is known as the Halloween killer and was somebody that the child knew. He was a neighbor from like a block over. Wait, so when you say hardcore porn, like, <clears throat> are we just talking like Pornhub Some, and shit? No, like they found uh, child pornography, very hardcore child pornography on his computer. Oh, the naughty shit. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, Thank you for the yeah. clarification. No, no, you're fine. And like, I looked that up specifically because I had a feeling you'd ask. Well, because if someone's like, oh, they found hardcore porn on there, it's like, let the man watch fucking, you know, two black we guys. We all have a different idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like when someone's like hardcore porn, it's like, Two big black dudes, you know, tag team in this little white girl. It's like, yeah, that's... That's what you that's... call hardcore? There's more things that go into it, but... I don't I'm, know. I'm... If See, everybody has their own idea of hardcore. When somebody says hardcore porn to me, I instantly am like, really? Who's getting suspended? Okay. So, yeah, no, I'm, I don't want to get into it, but it, it's... No, it, no, it, it, I'm fine. I'm okay. It's just... When when someone's like, oh, hardcore porn, I, I, I have a very different image of uh-huh. what. I think we all do. No, that's no, what I was saying. I think we all have a different view on what hardcore is, and that was the major reason <laughs> why I was like, okay, I want to know what it was. You can't just sit there and yeah. say hardcore pornography because I knew, I knew you were going to ask. I knew you were going to challenge well, me. <laughs> like it'd be bad. It's like you can't ever look at porn again and be like, dude, that fucking blows. Can't ever look at porn again. Like, that sucks, man. Like, fuck, I'd be jailed within a day. Oh, my God. Oh, so perverse. But that's why we guess what? We're going to travel back in time till 1957. And a little further back. Going to do the Lindy Hop? Oh, no, wait, that's further back. No. Never mind. I went too far back. (laughs) What you got? You You befriend a girl. You tell her a tale all this time. About a man who had wronged you and how evil he was. You convince her that he must. No, he needs to die. He has to. If we don't kill him, the world will burn. It's 11.30 p.m. The lights are off. Your friend dresses up in the costume you told her to dress up as and she she rings the doorbell. Hidden in the trick-or-treating bag is a revolver that you told her to purchase. She puts a round into his chest and, and you guys flee. He dies from his wounds. What you fail to tell her is that your ex-lover that was getting back with his wife after he and you had an affair together. You also failed to mention any of that, even though it was back in the 1950s, the cops were actually still pretty damn good and find you and your partner out. Even though you had planned and rehearsed everything for months, it still doesn't mean that it was a solid plan. This was exactly what happened with uh, Joanne Rebel, who was 40 at the time, and Goldine Pfizer, who was 42, um, who had ended up killing Peter Fabiano, uh, who owned two hairstylist salons, uh, and he had met Joan as a freelance photographer for one of his shops, and he had started an affair, ended up ending the affair, and got back with his wife, and then Joan convinced Goldine that we need to kill Peter because he's an evil scum of the earth person. It was kind of funny because they had made a point to point out that they were talking about lesbians and stuff like that. Um, Because there was actually another... The the Black Dahlia murder had been tied to lesbianism or to to lesbians or something. I don't fucking know. There are so many theories behind the Dahlia murder. It was like they were like, ah, here we go. We're reaching for one thing. And it's like, okay, I'm not even going to get in... Because I know the Black Dahlia was like fucked up. But, like, yeah, they're like, oh, this lesbian. And I was like, but they're not, you can't really put together, like, it's it's said that they were maybe lesbians, but the only tie was that they were both women in their 40s with kids from an ex, from a, from a previous marriage. It's like, that, that doesn't mean that they're lesbians, you know. <laughs> did, uh, I, it, did anybody else out there all of a sudden hear, you know, the, the little song, Earl's Gotta Die in there? Because, you know, it, it started ringing through my head. <laughs> I just I think it was I think it was absolutely stupid that they're like they're like trying to tie lesbians. It's like no, just 
one girl convinced her girlfriend that she needed to kill this guy. And uh, yeah. Peter Fabiano was 32, I think. Oh. Yeah. Had some cougars. Yeah. 32. 32 or 35, so. All right. All right. Well. Whew. Insane. What, what, what does lesbianism even have to do with it? I don't know. They were trying to. They were trying to figure out. Well, they were trying to tie in why Joan would have enlisted Goldine to to help kill Peter. Oh. And it was just like, yeah, if you would have paid attention. Okay. Well, yeah. I no. I just. I just. I still don't see. Maybe it's because I'm a girl. Like we enlist our girlfriends to help us with a lot of stuff, and it doesn't necessarily mean that there's some kind of a. Uh, a romantic involvement. Yeah, there's no sexual involvement. There's no romantic involvement. We just wanted our bitches there to do work with us. It was. Yeah, <laughs> we wanted our ride or die bitch to be there. <laughs> it. I just. I thought it was. I just thought it was dumb because they're like, <laughs> it, it, it. Like uh, with. Uh, oh God. The the guy we just did. The dude we just, uh, the DC snipers, where they were like trying to find a, a you know, like, why did he do it? Oh, yeah, Fuck yeah. It. They tried to tie that There's, to. There may have been a sexual. No, it doesn't matter. But that, why does no. that matter? Joan and Goldine were just besties, and Joan wanted to, like, <clears throat> yeah. Bro, if I'm gonna go bury, if I'm gonna go bury somebody, I want somebody I can trust. That's you right. Know, I'm gonna get. I, I, and I know who exactly I would go to if I needed somebody buried. I know exactly oh. who I would go to. And so, you know what? If and, she's listening right now, you know who you are. You are going to be the bitch I call to help me drag a fucking body because I know you ain't going to ask no fucking questions and I'll feed you afterwards. <laughs> so next on the roster would be the toolbox killers i know somebody out there has heard of these guys and i do want to do something on them later more in depth but for right now i just want to discuss this one um lawrence bit take bit taker and roy norris were the torture team that was known as the tool toolbox killers uh this name was based off of them using household tools to inflict unimaginable torture upon their victims, who were usually young teenage girls in the L.A. area. Um, <clears throat> they'd give rides to hitchhikers, or, you know, hitchhiking girls, take them to remote locations, do the most disgusting things you can think of, um, and then they would dump the body somewhere out in the mountains. They would keep mementos, which we have talked about mementos before recently, as a matter of mm -hmm. fact. Um, they kept photographs, audio tapes of, uh, of the acts as they were going on. Um, the fifth and final victim died Halloween night of 1979. 16-year-old Shirley Ledford hitchhiking home from a party when the two men pulled up, offered her a ride. I'm sorry. My mother always told me don't take rides from strangers. Uh, I, I was under the assumption this was an old practice. Apparently, I'm incorrect. Um, no, it's 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 actually a very real practice. I I remember when I first got out, and I had I had a truck that was ten years older than I was, because I had a 1977 F250 that was actually made, that was actually made almost ten years pro to the day prior to when I was born. It was Ooh. yeah. I actually yeah. I was actually able to look at the manufacturing stamp and be like, this truck was made like it was made like a couple days before my actual birthday, that's ten years cool. earlier. Yeah, so I was that's, like, that's kind of that's dope. cool. <clears throat> and like we had, uh, it was it was starting to get fall here in Wisconsin, and I I was going to the UW, uh, one of the University of Wisconsin's here in in uh, in the town that I live in, and I remember. This girl had like on the shortest denim skirt, like, like I'm like, okay, that's really short. And then she had on this like a really skimpy top, and like I threw on my sweater, over like that's how cold it was. I threw on my sweater, and I rolled up next to her. I was like, lady, it's getting real cold outside. I can give you a lift real quick. You know, my truck's got heat. I can get you home in like five ten minutes. And the fear on her eyes of just me asking like hey do you want to lift now mind you 
if if I can if I can tell you a tale here, we are literally in the middle of suburban neighborhoods. Like the University of Wisconsin that I attended is literally right inside of like a bunch of housing. The police station is like a half mile away. And ev- there are like 15 to 20 people that are just around us right now getting into their own cars. Like, I'm not going to abduct you in the middle of the fucking parking lot. That's kind of the dumbest yeah. thing in the world. As as soon as all of classes have let out for the day when everybody's leaving. That's almost as like, dumb on, as her lady. dressing like that in that type of weather. But then again, I've always been told there are two things that can survive the cold. Polar bears and hookers. <laughs> I wish I would have had some more money that day then. <laughs> so, they offered her a ride. Um, the young lady was beaten with a sledgehammer, uh, sexually assaulted, funny? tortured with a pair of pliers, and all of this while being recorded. Um, afterwards, they tossed her body on a lawn of a house in the suburbs where a jogger found it the next morning. Uh, Norris bragged about the murder to an ex-convict friend of his who turned the info over to the authorities. The men were arrested, and the uh, photographic and audio evidence that had been recorded had been recovered. Norris confessed to the abductions and the rapes, but blamed Bittaker for the murders. Then Norris cut a plea deal. He testified against his partner in crime in exchange for life in prison. Bittaker was sentenced to death, but he is still alive to this day as far as I know. Um, Two little interesting facts. Bittaker was adopted and had later down the road been disowned by his adopted parents while imprisoned at the California Youth Authority for car theft, hit and run, and evading arrest. When he got out, he re- he went back to the home to find they had packed up and left. Ledford, Ledford spent a majority of his youth being shuffled between his his parents and the foster care system, which I am a strong advocate that the foster care system in our nation is fucking flawed. I don't think it's really that flawed. I think it's just there's a lot of people that shouldn't be foster parents. Like that, you know, like... we we had talked about, I had a friend and her husband, they were trying to do adoption. And they had mm-hmm. said how it was so ungodly expensive. Like you got to jump through like massive. It, it was anywhere from 25000 and up. Um, they had to jump through hoops for this and provide info for that and on and on and on. And apparently it does not take even half of that to become a foster parent. Like, just about any jackass can become a foster parent. Well, I mean, it's, um, I don't know if you, no, you probably don't. Um, I know you said this earlier about how I love the BBC, but, like, the BBC, um, I, I always see them running articles, and, and, like, you know, my mom always talks about it, too, because she's a nurse. Um, you know, there's all these shortages. There's always a shortage for nurses. There's always a shortage for doctors. There's always these shortages, and when there's shortages, you kind of open the field up because you need the people. You need them really, really bad. And so, you know, I probably could become a fucking foster parent, you know, which is saying a hell of a lot here. That's laughable. But like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very laughable. But like, I mean, you know, they just, they, they, want, they need people so bad that they're just like, okay. But then, you know, they... When you adopt somebody, you don't want to make you want to make sure that you're not really. I mean, twenty five thousand to go through everything is pretty fucking ridiculous. But and I mean, you know, like, yeah. You do know that when you foster, you receive monthly payment, right? Yeah, you you basically okay. are taking care of a child for the state, and I think that's why it kind of opens up to it because the state is willing to pay for everything, and it's like, okay, well, you can sustain yourself. You got room for the child. Well, here's money to take care of the child until we find somebody to to take care of the child permanently. You know, it's yeah. not as bad as you're now taking this child into your care. You need to prove to us that you have enough. That was adorable. That wasn't me. No, I know that was that was Jerger. I I apologize. That would be uh that would be my Siberian Husky jury in the background. Um, 
He's 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 throwing some kind of a temper tantrum because Mama's not paying attention to his ass. He's been fed. He has been outside. He's got some freaking water. I don't know what his deal is. Well, guess what? <laughs> You're in love. It happens, right? You like someone. They have a spark that causes just some joy in you. Well, what happens when you actually lust after somebody? What happens when you have a want, a desire, something that burns at you? Like for me, I work till about like 9, 15, 9, 20 p.m. at most nights. Noodles and Company isn't open until 10 p.m. on Thursday. So from Saturday, from Sunday to Wednesday, it doesn't matter. I can't satisfy my dinner cravings until Thursday. Well, what if you can't wait till Thursday? Well, this is kind of what happens with John D. White. Uh, John D. White had been planning his Wednesday for quite some time. Uh, because Halloween actually fell on a Wednesday in 2002, 2012, and his victim was a woman, just like many of his other crimes had been. This wasn't his first violent crime against women, but it would actually be his third, if you can believe that. He had a lust to have sex with somebody who had passed beyond. He wanted to have sex with a dead body. Uh, he was so fixated on it, and thought, what better way to celebrate Halloween as a former pastor than to try to fulfill his fantasy? He was 55 and sentenced to 56 years in life in prison after his third and final offense. This oh my dude, god, that's just, that made my skin fucking crawl. Like, oh, oh, that made my, oh, that is, ugh. <laughs> okay, first off, dude was a former pastor. Secondly, oh this would god. be his third offense, against, his, his third violent offense against women. And then could you just, I mean, just imagine this. This is your former pastor, so you probably shouldn't be doing evil things anyways. Um, You've already been violent against women twice. And then when you're sentenced, you are, so literally you have lived for 55 years of your life. Imagine somebody going, hey, you know, hey, Tara, you've just now been sentenced to 45 years in prison. You know how long you've been alive. You know how long that took. And to sit there and go, I have to spend the next, I have to spend what I just lived in prison. That's a fucking, yeah. That's a fucking hell of a sentence. Oh, you've been alive 55 years? You know how long 55 years is? Congratulations. Tack a year onto that. That's how long you have to be in prison. That's pretty dope. That's a hell of a sentence right there. See you bitches when I'm 86 then. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> dude that's that's messed up too when it's when it involves you know members of the church and stuff like that <coughs> that always really R- really look it is not about you it is totally about me mom <laughs> no it always bothers me so much like it 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 almost seems to sort of shatter it that much more when it's it's supposed to be a member of your church or you know just a highly regarded person uh like with btk you know he was a cub scout leader and all kinds of crap this was like an upstanding citizen yeah yeah this was this was somebody who was supposed to be you know supposed to be a, a productive member of society and then they turn out to be a horrible individual yeah it I don't know. I think that that always seems to be the ones that, you know, really rock a community right to the core. And we'll fuck those people. All right. Halloween night, 2010. 16-year-old Devin Griffin returned to his family's home after attending church. (laughs) (laughs) Theme. (laughs) That was not done on purpose, folks. Um... He stumbles upon the bodies of his brother, Derek Griffin, his mother, Susan, and his stepfather, William. Devin said the scene looked like something from a haunted house, and he quickly realized that it was not. He then calls his aunt, and she then calls 911. Authorities made an arrest that night after suspecting that William Lisk Jr. had a connection to the murder. He was the 24-year-old son of Devin's stepfather, William Lisk. He had had a history of mental illness and suffered from schizophrenia. In 2004, he was charged with the assault and robbery and accused of hitting his stepmother with a coffee cup and stealing her keys. But the charges were eventually dropped after he pled insanity. 
Uh, Lisk Jr. pled guilty to the murders of his family members and received three life sentences with no chance of parole. In 2015, he was found dead in his prison cell from a self-inflicted wound. If you ever plead insanity, you should never be able to get out. There should be I no. I absolutely exit for agree. You. I absolutely I'm, agree. I'm sorry, but if you ever use the insanity plea, there's there's no, there's no. You'll be paroled in 15 years to a mental. No, fuck that. Yeah, no. That's so dumb. That that says that you, you truly are a danger to society. You cannot be reformed. If you are pleading insanity, you cannot be reformed, and your ass should not be brought back out. I have such hardened views on some of that. I'm just going to shut up. Ah. That there's no. Anyways. Was that number five for you? I got one more. Your turn. I actually want to make everybody like really, really sad panda. So, no, you tell your story, and then I'm going to tell my story and make everyone cry. You hear that? He wants to hurt you guys. He's a, I don't love he any of you. He wants to hurt you. I Look, love I, you. I have, I have three loves, and they are all in their little hidey hole trying to sleep right now because my dumbass is awake. So Helios, Hoppy, and Mr. Blue Nibbles Third. Yes, those are all their official names. Mr. Blue Nibbles Third is legitimately on his paperwork. So why not tell your little story? I want to tell the really, really sad panda story and make it really, really sad because this Halloween, no one's going to be happy if no one can trick or treat. So, mm. All right. (laughs) 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 Leslie, Adrian, or I'm sorry, yeah, Adrian and Lauren were passing out candy at their house in Napa, California on Halloween night of 2004. The doorbell eventually stops ringing, and the three women go to bed around 11 p.m. Later that night, an unidentified man enters the home and goes upstairs. From the downstairs bedroom, Lauren heard screaming and knew something was wrong. She waited until the house went silent before running out the back door and leaving in her car to escape the murderer. After a year of searching for the murderer, police finally arrest Eric, um, spelt C-O-P-P-L-E. How would you, how would you pronounce that? Copel? Couple. Yep, Eric Couple. Okay. Uh, he was the husband of one of Adrian's best friends. Uh, Couple turned himself into authorities after they released information on the unusual cigarette brand used by the killer. The motive for the homicides um. may never be known to the public, but he did admit to murdering the women. Uh, he pled guilty in court to two counts of first degree murder and will spend the rest of his life in prison. His plea allowed him to escape the death penalty. He waived his rights to seek an appeal and agreed to never profit financially from the women's deaths. I love how California puts that stipulation in there. It's because everything gets turned into a fucking movie. Or a book. Everything gets turned uh, into a movie, a book, a reality show. You know what I want to see? I want to see... No, but you're going to tell us. No, it's all right. I'm done. No, I'm being sarcastic. I'm being a sarcastic no, asshole. No, it's all right. It's all right. Nobody wants I to hear, hear my idea about I you know, hear your... somebody coming up with a comic book that's similar to Unsolved Mysteries. You know, I actually wonder how many young minds that would reach and how many young detectives that would make even more. I I think if they had something, because I always wanted something like that when I was a kid. I, comics spoke better to me than a lot of other things. But graphic to take novel. something like, uns, whatever. No, there is a difference between a comic and a graphic novel. And you're correct. This would be graphic novel. But if you took something like Unsolved Mysteries and turned it into a comic series or a graphic novel series, yeah. Think of how many more kids you could turn on to joining task forces to actually profile these killers. I mean, why not? You can find a coloring book of famous serial killers, and you can color your your favorite serial killer. (laughs) 
Which, by the way, people, I would totally love one of those for uh, for Christmas if you wouldn't mind. Well, do you want uh, a di- do you want uh, oh god, what is that called? Issue uh, volume one, issue one, right here. Volume have your one, comic issue book. One? Yeah. Let's have volume one, it. volume one of the uh, okay of the unsolved mysteries. It's nineteen ninety four. A family of four is trick-or-treating walking door-to-door. Tony Bagley is two and a half years old, and he's dressed up like a skeleton. Your dad, or his father, may or may not be a drug dealer, who may or may not have screwed someone over on a drug deal, and someone may or may not want payback. They, of course, are waiting in the bushes in a hidden spot with a getaway vehicle ready to roll. Too bad you're also in Las Vegas where things like this happen constantly. He springs out, shoots all four of the family trick-or-treating. Everyone who is with you is shot. Your mom, your aunt, and your sister. Now, little Tony, though, because that's who you're playing, is, is the only one that died. Um, the only moment of reprieve, essentially, is that little Tony didn't suffer. It was instantaneous. You ha- they have a description, though. He's 5'8". A black male in jogging gear, hoodie, and a mask. This is Halloween in Las Vegas. I actually had a case like this that I had to handle in the military. I actually had to tell someone, I'm sorry, but you just described half of the military base population in your statement. There's not much that we're going to be able to do. Yeah, if you can't You're give f- us something more identifying, we can't, we can't really go off of that. His father was put in jail years later on an unrelated murder charge but he's been a suspect since 1998 and little Tony Bagley's murder has been unsolved since then. They never found who did it. So everybody got shot, but just the little boy died. Yep. Mom, aunt, sister got shot all along with Tony. Sorry. I had wrote it and I was kind of sleepy, but yeah, little Tony, little Tony uh, got shot in the, in the head and he died instantaneously. So dad wasn't there trick-or-treating with them? No, dad wasn't there, but dad may or may not have been a drug dealer who may or may not have pissed somebody off. They have no idea. Mm. They really have no idea. All they know is that Tony Bagley was out with his mom, his sister, and his aunt. Mom and aunt got shot, sister got shot, and then Tony got shot in the in the head. And Tony died instantaneously. His sister had to, like... His sister underwent like two or three emergency surgeries, but she lived. Mom and aunt lived, but the only description that they have is a 5'8 black male who was wearing jogging gear, a hoodie, and a mask. Shot him. On Halloween in Las Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, on Halloween in Las Vegas and ran away. Like, I'm sorry, but on any given day in Las Vegas, if you're like 5'8 black male wearing jogging gear, hoodie, and mask, you're like, bro... (laughs) Be more specific. Yeah. I hate... Uh, I hate that crap. Like, scar, tattoo, anything... I Anything you... Um, if anybody's ever watched the movie Taken, one of the biggest things that you need to do if you are ever in a situation where you feel you might need to defend yourself or describe something to a police later... Don't focus so much on the individual, but focus on very specific things about the person that stand out. Like when she was being taken, um, you know, she yelled out beard, six foot, uh, star tattoo, left hand. How many people have a star tattoo on their left hand? You know, well, there's like, but it narrows yeah. it down. It narrows it down. You know, like if, uh, like, if somebody saw me and they're like, oh, semicolon tattoo, left neck. You know, that could really narrow it down other than six-foot bearded male, average build. <laughs> welcome to Central America. <laughs> you know, like, welcome to the yeah. Midwest. You know, but if you're like, oh, you know, tattoo tattoo on arms, you know, half-naked lady on his right arm, or, you know, blue snake, left arm, or you're like, you know, shout out just, you know, any of the random tattoos that I have. That's where you're starting to get unique. And that's, Iris that's what I, I just, uh, yeah, I, well, that's for people who've been close enough to me. I don't, 
Nobody gets that close <laughs> to me. Don't be talking about that nonsense. Nobody needs to know. You knock that Dude, off. Dude, I'm sorry. I, purpose, I, I, I personally, I think that's kind of cool. It's really, Bambi has a, an anomaly in his iris that's interesting. Okay? It's neat. I'm sorry. Yeah, which means that all of you need to get close enough to be able to kiss me to see it, which would be fantastic. So, but yeah, like, I don't know, just, just, just little police information from Bambi. So, meh. But, like, I feel really bad because, like, and I'm like, dude, that, like, when I read, when I read, you know, the story, it made me think of that actual case that I had where I was like, there's literally nothing that can be done. There's yeah. literally nothing that can be done. There's no forensics. And you, you want to be the, able to do something, and you can't. Yeah. I mean, like, it, I, I won't go into the details of the case that I had because it, it may be very, very triggering, and I don't think I even should be discussing it. But, like, you know, like, you just you feel like fucking garbage because it's just like you take somebody at their, at their weakest moment and you're just like, I can't fucking help you at all. There's yeah. nothing I can do. There's, you know, the gun is most likely stolen that they used to shoot them. Either that or it's not even registered or it may even be a ghost huh. gun. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, ghost guns are either built by 3D printers, they are hobbled together from pieces of most likely stolen or dismantled weapons, or they were weapons that never actually got a stamp to begin with. So they are literally ghost weapons. They will never be, like, you basically have to recover the weapon to actually know that it was used. That's, like, that's how insane it is. Like, like oh, it's a Smith & Wesson, you know, forty-five. Yeah, but if it's a ghost gun, you're not, you you know, Smith and Wesson is going to be able to like, oh, serial number this? And it's like, no, no serial number. Yeah. It, so you, yeah. you can't even trace it. Yeah. Oh. So, like, there's just so much, there's so much shit that goes against you, especially in this, you know, where it's just like, well, the card that they probably in were stolen as well, too. You know, like, there's just so much shit that just doesn't work against you. And then you're like, okay, well, let's hope this. And they're just like, it was a person. You know, like, it's, yeah, and that's, oh, just, oh, what's yeah. supposed to be, I mean, there there are two fucking holidays all year long that are meant for children, and this is the one, Halloween is the one that most kids go retarded over. I mean, aside the other one of is the St. jolly Patrick's fat Day, right? prowler. What? Oh. I thought it was St. Patrick's Day. No more coffee for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is all I've got for my tales, thanks to Bambi (coughs) leaving it sad. Um, Yeah. With the COVID going on, I don't know if a lot of you are going to be able to go out and do trick-or-treating. If you do, you know, practice your social distancing. Try to be careful. Um, For those of you who are going to parties and stuff, please... Be very aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the people around you. Ladies, do not set your drink down for anything. And don't ever take a drink that you didn't pop the top off of yourself. Don't take a cup from somebody else. Um, Safety is still key, even in this day and age. And a few of these stories should be enough to uh, entice you to watch your surroundings a little bit closer. I have a I have a better idea because I'm a buzzkill. It's fucking COVID nineteen outside. Do not go party. Do not be stupid. I don't care if you wear a mask. There, <laughs> no. I'm 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 sorry. I'm sorry, but I. If my dumbass has to come straight home and not do anything and go through drive-throughs and not party with people because all my friends are fucking wait, my friends are way too paranoid. My friends are at like, dude. I asked one of my friends to go fucking disc golfing with me. Disc Which, golfing. by the way, the... is a very social distancing kind of, uh, I don't want to call it a sport, but I guess it is a he... sport. A hobby. He wouldn't even come out and okay. disc golf with me and on, on a course that nobody uses with masks and hand sanitizers. Like, he wouldn't even come out with me. Look, it, COVID-19 is out there. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're getting together with, like, five, five or six people, just fine. You know, be smart. Don't fucking be stupid. Just be smart, please. I, I already know somebody drank, who's... Please, yeah. for the love of God, don't drive. Thank you. Do not drink and drive. Do not yeah, drink and drive. Yeah, if you have had something to drink, please don't drive. And 
if one of your friends are the responsible ones, stay sober. Get your buddies home safe. Because we need more people to listen to the podcast, and that means you're dumbass. Yes. So we yes, love you. Yes, yes. I mean, we we really don't care about everybody else, but our listeners, you know, we really do. Even at the core of his uh, shriveled little black heart, we love you. <laughs> I do love you guys. You guys are the best. I I I um I wanna I wanna take this 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 brief little moment where we're uh, you know stroking everybody's eagle. I'm not gonna lie. When uh, when I first did my podcast and like four or five people listened to it right away, I was like, hell yeah, that's so dope. Like five or six people listened. And then I remember chit-chatting up with, you know, the, the real star of the show here, Tara. And hmm. we were chit-chatting for uh, a brief momentos. And, uh, you know, she had told me about how she wanted to do a podcast. And because I was already doing one, da, 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 and we got the ball rolling. She told me what it was about. I was so fearful that... It was going to go the way, like, you know, I had like 20 or 30 of my friends who were like, hell yeah, we'll do it. And then, you know, all of a sudden I saw that, you know, there were 20 or 40 people that were on the page. They were all ready for it. You guys have blown me away with like everything. I, we have like 115 plus listens to our Andre Chikatilo episode. There are episodes that are getting more listens than there are you guys on the Facebook page. Like, you guys are fucking badass. Like, straight up. I cannot believe how good of friends you guys are for Miss Tara Bell here. So, Tara, number one, you've got some amazing fucking friends. You guys have all disproved my cynical ass. And I want to say congratulations to all of you for proving me wrong for, like, once in a blue moon. So, I really, like, I totally appreciate that you guys love me, that you give her feedback and tell me how awesome I am. Like... It makes my day. Like, it makes me want to do this. And it's because of you guys, like, legitimately. So, thank you for everything you do for us. Because without you, we are absolutely nothing. So, from Bambi, a.k.a. Jared, to the rest of you beautiful bastards out there, I love your faces. I want to continue to see you. I want to continue to have you listen to my dumb voice. And I will see you when Halloween is over. (laughs) Have a safe night trick-or-treating. Bye. Bye-bye.